Blog Talk Radio. There's something outside. What is that? This is Julie Wrench with Monster X Radio. We are doing another episode of On the Shoulders of Giants, talking old timers with Thomas Steenberg. And of course, I have Thomas here in the studio with me. Thomas, how you doing? I'm doing fine, my dear. Doing fine. Just sitting here in a mountain of packed boxes. <laughs> yeah, I hear that you're moving, and that's always so much fun. Oh, joy, oh, bless. I can't wait to get it, it over with. Yes, and Yeah, joy. I remember when I first moved here a little over two years ago, I was like, okay, I'm never doing this again. <laughs> um, of course, we moved from Ohio to North Carolina and sold down, you know, a lot of things that we had and uh, drove through the mountains in a U-Haul towing a car, <laughs> going, I'll never do this again. Uh, I, I have no choice. The new owner planned to demolish the house in a couple of years, so I figured I'd go now and get it over with. <laughs> yeah. Now, are you yeah. moving in the same area? Oh, yeah, it's only four kilometers down the road, so that's a that's one advantage. I'll probably be able to keep my same phone number and everything, so it's just getting oh, it done. I mean, I can't believe yeah. I had packed boxes, and that was just my library, all Sasquatch books. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I bet. No, I'd love to see that. <laughs> and it yeah, looks like I've had some really good solar books. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so what are we talking about today, my dear? So what I thought we would um, discuss, I know we've talked, touched on this in the past, the whole habituation um, situation kind of rhymes. But what I, I wanted to touch more on the, the scientific pros and cons of this whole talking about habituation Um you know, as related to the the Jane Goodall Institute um, and what they found when they did the habituation. Um, For some people who may not be as familiar with the whole habituation uh, term, the American Heritage Stedman's Medical Dictionary defines it as to accustom by frequent 
frequent repetition or prolonged exposure. So basically, it's a technical word for a very common psychological process. Um, like, if you say, for example, they had the, the primates, they are the, the chimps, um, they thought it would be a good idea to try to get them used to human contact by giving them food, different food sources. Well, if, if anyone out there has followed the whole Jane Goodall approach, you may have, have heard that it didn't work out as well as they thought. So first I wanted to step back in time a little bit and ask you, Thomas, with all of the, um, the Squatch Fathers, like the Hendon and Krantz and Green and, you know, all Titmus and all of them, had, had you ever heard them talking about anything to do with habituation? Actually, no. As far as I know, the first talk I ever heard of habituation, as far as the Sasquatch was concerned, was the uh, Carter Coy farm incidents in the, in the uh, mid to late 1990s. Before that, I never heard of any such any such tales. And uh, there were incidents of sightings of Sasquatch more in, in the same general area more than once, but the idea of a family saying they've got a group of them living right in the woods in their backyard and stuff, and they're talking to them and leaving stuff to them, communicating with them, stuff like that. No, no, no. Back before the, uh, I think 1995, the, the, there had never been such a thing uh, even talked about. And I might point out, uh, it's always, in my opinion, that it's still a case of. Well, once again, we, are, we have to take their word for it because they can't give us anything else to back it up. Like in the case of the Carter Koi farm, her story was so fantastical. She said she was feeding them garlic. She had names for them all. Uh, a woman named uh, Green, no relation to the late John Green, wrote, I think wrote a book about it and uh, had recordings of these weird sounds and stuff like that. But as far as I know, the only thing uh, Janice Carter Coy ever produced was uh, a picture of a stick that dropped once and a pile of stones. So uh, needs to say that could be done by other means. All these contact with Sasquatch are not one photograph. And, the, and then uh, 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 our, our famous fellow up here for a while who's now gone, disappeared in the woodwork, his name escapes me just at the moment actually bought the Carter Coy farm and and they moved to another location and then they tried to say the Sasquatch followed them and I guess they want to know if you want to buy the new area too I don't know so to me the the, the whole thing was nothing but one gigantic red flag and personally okay. I think it was just an uh, personally I think it was the whole thing was just an ongoing hoax but if, if, if you know uh, some of the Russians like Igor and stuff thought there was something to it I remember picking up Dmitry Baranoff at the airport, myself, John Green, Chris Murphy, to go down to the Whittle Creek Symposium 2003, and he was old gung-ho about the Carter Coy farm situation. I spent the whole trip basically talking to him, asking him why. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and, and because, what did he say? He, he was well, curious he said, well, about well, any evidence that they uh, may have... Well, well, someone would make up something like this. I said, oh, uh, don't be naive. People are making stuff up all the time. Just watch YouTube for a week. 
just l- listen to Coast to Coast Radio for a month uh, with George Norrie. I mean, people make up stuff all the time. Why? They're looking for their 15 minutes of fame. Two, they somehow think they're going to make a financial gain of it. And the Carter Coy Farm did because they sold the property to somebody <laughs> who fell for it. And uh, uh, I said, uh, you know, like I said, stick the facts every DV facts. You got people telling you a story, and it always comes down to you got to take their word for it because they can't back it up. Now, what I mean, did they enough- say as far as why there was never any photographic evidence or video evidence produced? Do you recall what the reasoning was behind that? Always, well, well, the excuse always was that. But first, I know in the Karakoy family farm situation, they were never really asked because the only people they dealt with were people who were believing them hook, line, and sinker, right? Like their little fan club there. I mean, uh, and and if, if, if the subject ever did come up, it was all oh, we weren't. When, when I had three of them and I was giving them garlic, I didn't have my camera. And I got my camera and I managed to get a picture of the stick, uh, the big one left behind. <laughs> <laughs> Same old thing. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and I believe uh, I heard through the grapevine, and I don't know the details. I don't know the family name, but it's somewhere there in your neighborhood. There's another group that owns a piece of property that are claiming continuous encounters with a, a family group of Sasquatch, and that's going on right now, apparently. Yeah, I'm some somewhat familiar with that. Um, I this whole habituation thing. I mean, there's there's a lot of uh, there's pros and cons. Um, seems to be a lot more cons than pros to it in a scientific perspective. Um, I yep. know that with uh, the Jane Goodall group, they did start out with habituating wild chimps. Mm-hmm. Um, then they realized that there were some risks involved in that, and one of the major things is that they lose their fear of the people, the researchers. Um, if they lose their fear of the researchers, they may also lose fear of hunters or other predators, uh, making them very easy targets. Now, I also you- remember during the Goodall uh, thing uh, a number of their chimps in the group they were studying came down with what they later determined through autopsies was polio, which, mm-hmm. uh, yes, which was, was kind of a mystery because none of her group had polio. But, uh, again, they, how they came across it, but it was obviously with contact with people somehow. But you right. You, you, but people seem to forget, and people always suggest someone needs to do a Jane Goodall or Diane Fossey, who did the sort of same thing with gorillas. People forget, those two ladies, they weren't trying to prove that chimpanzees and gorillas were there. That was already established. Right. They knew they were there. They knew where they were. They weren't trying to prove their existence. That was already done. And that was done by someone who brought in a body. Uh, they were just uh, studying them after their existence had already been established. We're still at step one with the Sasquatch. We've got to confirm that the creatures are actually there. So how are you going to go out and find a group of them and study them and stuff if you don't know where to look in the first place? I mean, as far as uh, mainstream science is concerned and mainstream politics, 
the Sasquatch is a piece of North American mythology. It doesn't exist. Exactly. And, I mean, to to go out and try to get close to these things, um, yeah, I mean, you could quote-unquote habituate them without food, but it would certainly take a lot longer. And um, there's nobody out there that's going to tell you, hey, right here's where this group of them are. If you know, if you can spend a thousand days in this particular area, you can come out with some good evidence. I mean, that's, like you said, there's no particular area where someone can guarantee 100% that you're going to bring back any type of evidence. Um, the thing that gets me, though, is when there are some people who will put apples out or whatever, and then um, they come back and they're gone, and they're like, wow, you know, Sasquatch must have taken it. And it seems there's like these little cults out there and the Facebook group cults of these people who have these followers who believe every word they say and there's no evidence to back it. Now, I know people who leave things out, but they put game cams on it. You know, kudos to them. They're trying this in a more scientific approach with the game cam focused on it. But so far... They've either got um, good footage of raccoons or possums taken off of their stuff, or they have, in, in some cases, they come back, the food's gone, and there's nothing on the cam showing it, taking it. So could it be that whatever's taking it is taking it so quickly it's not triggering it in time? I mean, there's reasons for that as well. But I think that if... If we were to try to habituate these things, um, let's just say case scenario, you get out there and you feed them and they come closer and closer and then you decide you don't want to do that anymore and you stop feeding them. Isn't there some risks involved in them? We don't know what their behavior is. Well, we don't know. If, the if they would does, get angry the at you and if you it know, does start coming does, towards your house or wherever you know when they see you come come towards you and maybe you could become the food. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we don't know what uh, well, these things the Albert are Os- capable of. Yeah, if the Albert Osman story is true, uh, it. it they got he he got closer to him all right. He picked him up in a sleeping bag and carried him away somewhere. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So there's always there's always risk with something assuming the Sasquatch does exist because you never know how it's going to respond. I mean, uh, but again with the situation stuff. I mean, again, it, it I call it the society of, of wishful thinkers. I mean, uh, the the food stuff they left out. Is taken by something, but then they automatically assume it's Sasquatch because they got nothing, no way to state that categorically other than that that's what they wish happened. Uh, I mean, anything out there is going to uh, take advantage of a, a free food. 
I mean, that's the law of right. nature. If you get something without too much effort, you, they'll do it. I mean, there's all kind. Of, I mean, we've we've done that too. Myself and Bill Miller set up a number of camera traps over ten, ten to fifteen years ago, way deep in the, in the Ruby Creek region. And yeah, we did get pictures. We got pictures of crows. We got half a dozen good pictures of black bears. We got pictures of deer. All eating at the apples and stuff like that. I mean, other things will take it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I think that uh, I, I think it can be dangerous, not only for you know. Let's assume there there are Sasquatch and and you're out there trying to feed these things. Uh, not only do you have to worry about them, but and the the areas where there are bears, you know, you could be out there placing the food out, and you look up, and there's you know bears standing there looking at you. And if, especially <laughs> if it has a couple of cubs somewhere nearby, that's never a good scene. Um, no. I mean, there's a lot of dangerous things that can happen in the woods with these wild animals. Yeah, well, and it's like I said, Diane Fossey and Jane Goodall knew where the chimps were. So they basically went out and sat still and watched them, and it took weeks and months for them to get, for the the primates they were studying, to get used to their presence and basically basically ignore their presence and carry on with their normal everyday lives, right? Sometimes mm-hmm. they come up to them, they're curious, and they got to be commonly known amongst the chimpanzee group or the gorilla group, and, and they just tolerated their presence. Uh, the Sasquatch... What are you going to do, go out there and sit in a stump and stare at it? I mean, most people who leave these food offerings, they don't hang around. They leave, and then they come back a week later, and the food's gone, and they think Sasquatch took it. Uh, Well, that's just wishful thinking on their part. You didn't leave a camera or something to grab a photograph of it. Even if it was a Sasquatch, so what? (laughs) You didn't didn't do anything to prove it. So, um, you know, a little common sense goes a long way. Now, according to um, what I've read, you know, the the actual habituation that they do now, without the food um, luring them in, it, it's it, the general rule of thumb is that it takes about 100 hours for a primate to get used to a person. So to do well, they, that they, the wild... Someone would have to spend a whole lot of time out there, um, and of course, again, you got to know where they're at, and you, you got to be able to say, "Hey, yeah, you, you saw them there. You know that they're there," and then spend over a course of time a good hundred hours in close proximity where they're seeing you. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know anybody that would want to spend 100 hours of their time standing next to these things when you don't know what they're capable of doing. Well, absolutely. You know, I mean, no one's, no one's being paid to do this stuff. they got to come back. they got to go to work. they got to pay their bills. You know, they can't stay out there indefinitely. I'd love to be able to, but unfortunately reality gets in the way of that most of the time. I mean, right. there's not... The researchers I know that can spend 24 hours, seven days a week, 365 days of the of the year sitting in an area hoping to contact Sasquatch. It's just 
So far, mm-hmm. it hasn't happened. And uh, the, those who have claimed are basically, uh, well, uh, as far as I'm concerned, they're just making stuff up. Because uh, uh, it always comes down to, again, like I said before, you got to take my word for it. Uh, well, no, I'm sorry. That's just not, not how it works. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Yeah. yeah, and I think that um, if somebody's out there and they're lucky enough to see one of these things, first of all, and then lucky enough to take photographic evidence or video of them, then they bring that stuff back and they release it on social media. And do you think people are actually going to believe that that's the real thing? I don't well, think a lot so. Of, a lot of people will. I mean, some people are so desperate to believe anything, they just throw common sense out the window. I mean, uh... Yeah, I mean, there's some people I mean, that look, will look, say, look, oh, yeah, uh, I mean, there's people that see pop squatches and pictures, and they're like, oh, yeah, that's a Sasquatch. Yeah. But, I mean, uh, the mainstream media and scientific world are, would never accept anything less than a body. I don't. Well, absolutely. That's that's just the way it works. I mean, uh, and this habituation. That's that's not only. It's already hard enough to go out and see a Sasquatch and get photographic or video evidence of it, assuming the Sasquatch does indeed exist. Now you're talking about people going out there, not only seeing it once, going out there and basically habituating with them, as they go on their affairs and hang around you and do all kinds of things and. And go on, uh, basically do whatever Sasquatch does while you observe them. Uh, and, and there are people making such claims, but again, for some reason, they can't get a photograph, they can't get a video. <laughs> and, and well, just, yeah, I mean, there's. They just come back with this incredible story to tell, and next thing you know, they're a guest on Coast to Coast Radio with George Nori. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, true habituating is not um, an easy thing. It's very time-consuming. It takes, um, you know, a lot of documentation, a lot of, of time and patience. You have to go where they are. Um, and I know down here in the south, especially in the summertime, when you head out in those woods, you never know where the next rattlesnake is that you're going to step on top of. You know, I mean, there's just so much down here in the summertime that it's not highly recommended to spend hours and hours and hours walking through the bush with no trail underneath you because there's a lot of things that want to um, sting you and bite you. And, you know, <laughs> we have bears. We have, uh, you know, I've been hearing more stories about cougars now. Coming back in our area, um, we have the wild boar, so it's not anything that is highly recommended. Not to mention the millions of ticks. Dear Lord, yeah. it's but, horrible here. I mean, you just. But the, th- the thing with people forgetting, as far as the world is concerned, there's nothing to there to habituate with. It's mm-hmm. all six. And the, the Sasquatch is still in the realm of mythology and folklore until solid physical evidence is found to prove the existence of this creature. That is where we're at. And we were already past that point with chimpanzees 
and Mountain Gorillas when Diane Fossey and Jane Goodall did what they did. They knew they were there. That had already been established. Mm-hmm. So uh, you can't do something like that unless you know that they are there, nor will anyone really try to do something like that until they know they are there. Right. And, and, and when the day comes and the Sasquatch is proven to exist, and it's announced that the animal does exist, and it's taken out of the realm of cryptozoology and put in the realm of everyday zoology. Basically, researchers like me, independent researchers and groups who have devoted their lives to the proven their existence, we're done. I mean, it's done. It's uh, There's no other reason for us to continue to go on with this. I don't know what I'll do when that happens. I don't know. Move to Loch Ness? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I know that um, also with, when you're trying to habituate a primate, you mm-hmm. have to go into areas where hunting is not permitted um, because the last thing we want to do is get these things used to people and then hunting season comes. Mm-hmm. You're, risk, you're risking these things being, you know, targeted, being shot, uh, killing hunters, hunters killing them. You know, there's well, a lot of well, things that could happen, and people don't think through when they're talking about, hey, let's go habituate some Sasquatch. You know, it's well, again, just, I don't um, think there's too much to worry about because so far hunters zero Sasquatch a lot more, a lot higher in, in the scorecard because no one's managed to kill and bring one in yet, at least not officially. <laughs> no, I mean, not they, officially. Yeah, I mean, one one said they are definitely the world champion hide and seekers. I mean, <laughs> they're they're right there. I mean, there are so many things that bother me that I didn't worry about twenty years ago. Now that, you know, that's why I say I still accept the possibility that there may be nothing to this but mythology and folklore. I don't believe it, but I accept the possibility because Banff National Park in Alberta, Canada, they've had cameras now on their on their wildlife crossing bridges and tunnels on the Trans-Canada Highway now for 15 years. And they've gotten video evidence of every large animal we know is there many times over, but they have not gotten images of a Sasquatch. And yet I have at least eight accounts of, of uh, eyewitness testimony to sightings in Banff National Park, especially when I was on the Alberta side of the Rocky Mountains, and it was known for its history of such sightings of such creatures in that area. But why has the uh, the cameras over the railway, over the main Trans-Canada Highway, not picked them up? I mean, they have to use the bridges and tunnels, too. There's no other way to get across the highway. Hmm. Uh, yeah, but there's nothing, absolutely nothing. Now, they don't run the cameras 24-7, 365, but it's, it's getting to be grasping at straws, if they ever do, they, they're, they're still there if they don't pick them up. I mean, I had an idea of the Coquihalla Project years ago. It was the same sort of thing here in British Columbia, the highway, and I actually suggested it in Bamp National Park when they first started building the fences along the highway back in the mid-1980s, and... And I, I found out now that they've been doing it for 50 years. That's why they know it took grizzly bears six years before they got any footage of them actually using them. It was like the bears that were alive when they built them wouldn't use them. But the next generation came a little less cautious, and the generation after that, 
started using them. Wow. Because they were used to them and they and and they knew nothing else in their lifespan. You know, whereas the bears that were alive at the time they were built wouldn't go near the damn things. Right. Right. You know. Yeah, that's and, interesting how that. Yeah, yeah. That worked. And that, and the whole reason they built the bridges over the highways because at first they built the tunnels, and they noticed a lot of the deer and the elk weren't using the tunnels because the predators had got had found, had figured out, hey, these are good ambush points. Right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so it's it, it's really amazing. So they built these huge bridges over the highway and covered the top of them with trees and grass and stuff, so it just looks like a hill in the forest. Hot traffic goes underneath, and the wildlife goes over the top. And they've they've had cameras there now for uh, 15 years, off and on, and they've basically got footage of everything you can think of except what we're looking for. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Now, do you think that they would uh, actually announce that if they caught something like that? Do you think they well, would I'm release part- that? Well, I'm, I'm, I don't see why not. It'd be the discovery of the century. Why wouldn't exactly. they? I don't, I, don't, I don't think there's any big government conspiracy to keep the Sasquatch mm-hmm. a secret. I don't buy that nonsense at all. Right, and that's, uh, we could do a whole show on that government conspiracy thing. Um, oh, I'd love that. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's a good idea. We have we have our next show, people. Um, no, but yeah, the, the whole habituation thing with... Um, the whole peanut butter jar thing, um, the thing that, that bothers me the most about that is once the lid is removed, these you know, smaller animals can get their heads stuck in them, uh, the jars and suffocate to death. Um, then you have the trash left here and there and yawn of these animals taken off with jars and wrappers and um and he might end up giving squirrels diabetes. I mean, come on. <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, when, we just... when it comes to the Sasquatch, all I have to say on the habituation facts is people have claimed to have done it. People claim to have succeeded at it, but there's red flags on all their stories. And it comes down to it's not a case of uh, uh, did they. or uh, It's always a story, are they telling the truth? And quite frankly, uh, in most of them, at least everyone I've ever looked into, it's highly doubtful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's some type of evidence. Now, make, it is, um, I mean, extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. And Yeah, and as time goes on, people want to uh, tell the more incredible stories uh, and try to outdo the last batch of incredible stories. And of course, I'm, I'm surprised we haven't had some a lady come out and say, "I married a Sasquatch ten years ago." <laughs> you know, and, uh, we've heard everything else. <laughs> wow. My my hairy baby is Bigfoot's love child. You know that kind of thing. I'm surprised yeah, that yeah, the uh, the uh, you know Squire uh, upper magazine, yeah. That's Oh, and, and most of these habituation stories, I tend to put into that category. It's just that you get you get so many people who want to believe anything nowadays. They just throw all caution to the wind because they're so desperate for something to happen. They keep forgetting that as a researcher, 
when the outcome is not what you were hoping for, it doesn't make a mystery any less solved, which is what you're trying to do, solve a mystery. Does the Sasquatch mm-hmm. exist or not? We're still on that question. Exactly. And I think mm. that, um, you know, I have, I've seen people's personal photographs that they would never release on social media. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've seen pictures that, wow, <laughs> amazing things that I have seen in photographs um, from some of the people that have been investigating the Uari Forest over here for a very long time. Now, they have some pretty good photographs, but they're not ready to go out there and release them to the public because it's still not going to prove anything. Mm-hmm. People are still going to say, oh, you faked it. Oh, that's a costume. Oh, that's, you know. So they're they're not really interested in releasing, but they're not out there going making crazy claims either. You know what I mean? Yeah, that, well, that, that's a little more interesting. It's when they do go out and talk about it, but they can't show it to you. That makes me suspicious because then why are you talking about it at all? Exactly. See, they don't... And, uh, uh, yeah. Go out there and tell people they have these photographs. Um, I just happen to be privy enough to see some of them, but they don't go out there telling a bunch of people, hey, we got these photographs, but I can't show them to you because you won't believe it anyway. I mean, the a couple of the photographs that I saw, it took weeks for me to convince this person to allow me to see them. <laughs> weeks of talking. Um, <laughs> they just did not want me to try to get a hold of those photographs and start releasing them. So, you know, it's not like they're going to send it to you in the email. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, and they won't even show you in the first place. So one has to wonder why they told you about it in the first place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. You know, so, it's, it. it's like a, a buddy of mine, a fellow researcher in America named Bill Miller. You've heard me mention him before. Oh, yeah. He was talking to, he was contacted, he, he's in Harrison right now, and he was contacted, we have a little museum at the Info Center in Harrison that we helped put together a couple of years ago, and this old gentleman who was visiting from Utah claimed to have photographs, and Bill rushed down there to take a look at him. He said the footprint photographs were interesting enough, but then uh, this gentleman said, oh, I got another picture of a picture I took 35 years ago. And he came in, and Bill said, oh, wait a minute. And he looked at the guy and said, have you heard of a fellow named Todd Standing? And I go, oh, no, I know what you're going to say. No, no, no. And, and then the guy laughed. He said, I couldn't prove it because I didn't have a copy of Standing's photograph. But it looked to me like this old gentleman had Standing's head shot and was trying to claim it for his own. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah you see, and, uh, I had an experience like that myself about, oh, 15 years ago. There used to be a low-budget show here in Canada called Creepy Canada. You know, they do an episode on haunted houses. You know, and every now and then Sasquatch came up. I did a couple episodes for that show. Well, they did another one. They had this guy who was a researcher, and he he was claiming he cast these prints in Manitoba somewhere, and it was the Bosberg Cripple print. I said, my God, you're going to lie. If you're going to lie, try to pick a casting that isn't probably the most well-known casting of a Sasquatch footprint out there. (laughs) Right, right. And he's trying to claim he did it himself in, in Manitoba. And I thought, oh, come on. So people can make up all kinds of stories because, one, they want they want to be famous. Two, they think they might make some money. 
three, they get a lot of people saying, oh, boy, aren't you the great Moana, you know. <laughs> right. And, and, and this is the but kind of. it seems to be uh, the latter with on the and Facebook on. thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's uh, several groups out there who are more of a, like a cult mentality, and it's it's very pathetic to. Oh, it is. It, it, it is. is. It, you kind of feel sorry for some of the folks, but then not because if they're stupid enough to hang on to every word that some of these fools say, uh, you know, then that's on them. Um, I, I just don't get it. I'm more of a show me the evidence person. I don't. Yeah, and when it comes to the really that's what that's what's what we need to get back to. I mean. The tabloid stuff and the asylums running the inmate have taken it over for the most part. They're the ones that get all the attention. They're the ones that get constantly featured on on, on television and stuff like that now because mm-hmm. it's sexy, you know, and that's what people want to watch. They want to hear these incredible stories. They don't want to come out and follow Thomas Steenberg for three days looking at creek beds and stuff because that's boring. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, it's not. Boring. Yeah, we'll never get another. It's not oh, this, some glamorous um, waltz through the woods. I mean, it's there's all kinds of stuff that can happen to you when you're out there. So, um, and and most of it, it would be boring to the the general the public. Folks, and but, so the, yeah. the people who produce this are we going to follow? Steenberg around, who's basically looking for footprints and creek beds and stuff like that, hoping to come across that. Or are we going to go to this guy who claims 15 sightings, he leaves food for them, and they take it, and they're visiting his house every, every full moon? <laughs> or are we going to go there? That's where they go. And, uh, and, that's how, and that's what feeds this kind of stuff, and that's why this kind of stuff never goes away. I mean, look at the Carter Coy, Judge uh, Carter Coy. Someone bought their property for them, all because of this story. <laughs> Isn't that something? Yeah. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I just don't know. I mean, I'm not trying to discourage anybody listening out there that, um, you know, wants to try to get closer to these things, if that's what they, they want to do. Mm-hmm. I'm, I certainly wouldn't discourage anybody from doing that. Um but again, just keep in mind if um, you're out there placing food, and for anybody listening that actually, you know, who am I to say? Maybe there is somebody out there that is giving food to these creatures and they're coming in and taking it. Maybe that that's the truth. And if it is, all I can tell you is be careful. Yeah, be careful. Because for God's sake, put a camera out so we can try to get a picture of it. Yeah, you take some pictures. Um, Get some evidence, and then you can then you can tell us all about it. Um, yeah. But in the interim, I wouldn't even careful. mention I mean, it unless you get something. You to, don't want to become the main menu when you're out there. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you want to be fe- featured in a Sasquatch documentary, not in the next Missing Four One One book. Right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So there are people who. There are some investigators I know that that I respect that, you know, have tried different things. But, again, they don't just leave and then come back a week later and go, oh, the apple's missing. It's, it must be Sasquatch. You know, they they have particular reasons why they think that it could be. Um, 
these particular creatures. They hang out, they wait, they watch, they put cameras, um, they look for evidence, tracks, uh, hair, you know, different mm-hmm. things like that. Um, and kudos to them. Kudos to them. For, yeah. you know, trying different hey, things. Even being a Cases where the uh, stuff was taken by a Sasquatch. Unfortunately, we didn't get any evidence to prove it. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, but, like you they know, said, if any video or photograph, and it's it's the same in any situation, if it, if the image is open to interpretation, then as evidence, it's just gone out the window. Even if it yeah. was a Sasquatch. Yeah, even if it was a Sasquatch. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's uh, the truth about it is because there's been so much hoaxing and uh, false claims that mainstream media and the science, the scientific world will never accept pictures or a video. No, They're going to want a body. Not. Yeah. They want a body or piece of the body or fish and skeletal remains. That's what yeah. they, that's what they need. In order to take the Sasquatch out of the realm of cryptozoology and put it in the realm of everyday zoology, that is what has to happen. And even then, it's going to be debated and examined for a period of about, oh, I don't know, for three to five years before someone mm-hmm. actually starts rewriting journals. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, you. you well, now there are all some new discoveries. Uh, it's not like. You made the discovery yesterday, and by Saturday, it's accepted everywhere. It's going to be a slow, yeah, right. drawn-out, debated process that has to go through several steps. And the poor guy who discovered it, and- the guy who discovered it may even be dead by the time it's accepted. I mean, <laughs> that's just the way it works. Exactly. Well, there are some uh, some new and interesting DNA techniques um, that are being brought forth now mm-hmm. that could help in this whole um, enigma. Mm-hmm. I mean, they can take a water sample and tell you what has been in that area in that water in the X number of days or weeks or months or, I mean, even years in some cases. So um, that, that's kind of interesting stuff. But again, until you have a, a, an actual scientifically verified sample of one of these creatures, you're not going to know what the DNA is. It'll just be unknown primate or whatever exactly. the situation is. Exactly. And then that's what and you that's, have is an unknown yeah. DNA. So. And as I said to you in a previous program, remember, Julie, if you ever do get a good hair sample from a Sasquatch, and you turn it in to be examined, for God's sakes, don't say anything about a Sasquatch. Just say, here's some hair, tell me what it is. Exactly. Don't tell even me what men- it is. the word Sasquatch, don't mention the word Bigfoot. Don't even say it. <laughs> because they'll get their defensive wall up before they start looking at it. Just <laughs> right. tell me, we don't know what this, be, uh... what this was. Could you tell me what it is? And if it comes back unknown yeah. primate, well, then that's something to hold on to. Yeah. Exactly, especially mm-hmm. here in the states. And the no bird. <laughs> yeah, don't. And any lab or any scientist is going to do a DNA analysis on a hair sample or blood sample. Don't even mention the word. 
No, no, because oh. then you, you know, like you said, they're they're just, yeah, right, you know, yeah, yeah. and then they start, and you've lost yeah. your rocker. There, there are exceptions. Some there are a few that would might do it anyway, but to me, I wouldn't even mention the word. I'd just say, here's something we don't know what it was. Could you tell us what this was uh, was in our camp or whatever it is? You know, can you tell us yeah. what it was? And I said, well, if you're willing to pay for it, they'll say, sure. And they go, well, I know primate. This is weird. And then get them curious about it. Exactly. Mm. Yeah, and that that makes for a good show right there, discussing some yep. some DNA stuff. So, Thomas, yep. we're uh, up here at the end of the show. Um, good show. And I think uh, we got a couple of good ideals for some upcoming shows in the next few months here. So, I appreciate you joining me again, and uh, any last uh, thoughts from you, Thomas, on this whole habituation topic? I just say the same thing I say to every every damn show. Stick the facts to every deviant the facts. If someone's making outstanding <laughs> claims but can't back it up, and it always comes down to just take my word for it, that, um, Just that's just not good enough. You have to be able to back claims up. You know, even even other witnesses, you know, I mean, you got to wonder if they, they, they got no pictures or photographs to back it up. They have no footprints or castings or anything like that. They basically have nothing. They're just telling an incredible story. And then they come out with, well, I don't want to tell a lot of people because they'll come and they'll disrupt the area and the Sasquatch will be affected, blah, blah, blah. You got to wonder why they're telling you about it in the first place then. Right. You know, and uh, again... To me, habituation stories, at least so far, um, they have not impressed me. Not at all. Well, there you guys have it. Mm -hmm. Um, But that uh, doesn't mean one won't. (laughs) That's right. Some some words of wisdom there from Thomas Steenberg and uh, good advice on the the DNA uh, that you said. Don't mention the Sasquatch word. Mm-hmm. So again, thank you, Thomas, for joining me, and um, we will be back again next month. And Thomas, you have a good night. You too, my dear. Hopefully, I'll be next. Thank you. The next time, I'll be in my new digs. Yeah, that'll that'll be good. <laughs> Hope you get all settled in. Yeah. All right, Thomas. I'll talk to you soon. Roger that, little. All right. And this is Julie Wrench with another episode of On the Shoulders of Giant, On the Shoulders of Giants, talking old timers with Thomas Steenberg. I appreciate you guys joining in. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, we would really like to hear them. Thank you for listening.
thank you for joining Monster X Radio.